0: Okay, Luke chapter four, 14 to 21. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He taught in their synagogues and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up and on the Sabbath day, he went to the synagogue as was his custom and he stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing.
1: Lord God, that uh, you would give us uh, minds that uh, are able to uh, comprehend spiritual things. We pray, Father God, that you would give us hearts that. Uh, are desiring to, um, uh, to change and to uh, live in conformity with your will. And so we pray these things now in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. So how was New Year's Eve for you last night? It was a bit of a non-event around our place. I tried to go to bed at half past ten I uh, woke up with an awful uh, fright at 12 o'clock as uh, fireworks were exploding out in the street uh, uh, near our house. And uh, I guess that for a lot of people today is a time of just recovering from uh, too much partying last night and staying up late watching fireworks and so on. Uh, for some people New Year's Eve is a bit of a non-event, isn't it? Some people are just treated as just being like any other day. Um, But for a lot of people, uh, this time of year is a time to relax. Are you relaxing at the moment? And what better way of relaxing than to watch the cricket? We are one up in the series against India, and uh, the second test starts on Tuesday, and uh, there is one Indian batsman that everyone's watching. Who was that? That would be Sachin Tendulkar. Uh, Ninety-nine international centuries uh, that he has uh, scored so far. Um, Fifty-one of those in test matches. Forty-eight in one-day internationals. That's ninety-nine. That is Only 99. It's not good enough, is it? 99. He's been stuck on 99 since March and he just can't seem to... Some people are hoping that maybe this current series that he'll reach the magical number of 100 times 100. Uh, We Aussies are hoping that he will not uh, reach that magical number. But if he does, he'll be the first person ever to score 100 centuries in international cricket. What if he doesn't do it? What if he never scores another century? In it? What if he gets 99, misses out by one run? It just wouldn't uh, be good enough, would it? Because in our culture, in our society, 100 the number 100 is the, the number of completion. It's 10 times 10. But I guess in the Bible, the, uh, the big number in cricket would have been 49. Uh, seven times seven, because the number seven uh, represented completion. The number seven represented a time of rest. The number seven represented a fresh start a new beginning. Think about it. God created in the world in six days and on the seventh day he rested. And that's why we have weeks, isn't it? Uh, we have a fresh beginning every seven days. There's a completeness about seven days. Um, in the Old Testament, a, a fresh beginning took place not only every, every seven days, but also every seven years. Um, there was a fresh start. Now I wonder for you, uh, what would be your idea of a fresh start? What would a fresh start in your life mean for you? Would it be a a new job perhaps? Would a fresh start mean a new house or a new town to live in? What What if it could mean that you had a fresh start financially? What if it could mean that you were free of debt? Um, We Australians are addicted to debt, aren't we? I read a uh, report that was published two weeks ago, a survey was conducted uh, where they said that 82% of Australians uh, surveyed said that they were worried about their ability to pay back the debts that they owed. With the price of real estate these days, with the size of mortgages that people have, uh, it's no wonder. I wonder how it would feel to have all of your debts cancelled, to have your mortgage written off. Wouldn't that be a great start to a new year if that were to happen? Well, in the Old Testament, it's kind of pretty much what did happen. I wonder if you can open up your Bibles with me to Deuteronomy chapter 15 on page 136 in your Red Pew Bibles. These are the laws that uh, God gave Israel through Moses and I'm just going to read to you the first five verses of Deuteronomy chapter 15, if you've got that. Let me read that for you. At the end of every seven years you must cancel debts. This is how it is to be done. Every creditor shall cancel the loan he has made to his fellow Israelite. He shall not require payment from his fellow Israelite or brother because the Lord's time for cancelling debts has been proclaimed. You may require payment from a foreigner, but you must cancel any debt your brother owes you. However, there should be no poor among you, for in the land the Lord your God is giving you to possess as your inheritance, he will richly bless you. If only you fully obey the Lord your God and are careful to follow all these commands I am giving you today. Well, how about that, eh? After every seven years, all debts are cancelled, written off. I wonder what would happen if we introduced that law in Australia. What would happen to the, uh, the value of bank shares? Would you be going out buying shares in the, in the local bank? No. Nah. A uh, Commonwealth Bank could kiss goodbye to its uh, multi-billion dollars worth of profit every year. No, the bank shares wouldn't be worth anything at all. But in verses 4 and 5, Moses gives a few good reasons as to why the Israelites were to cancel debts. Um, first of all, there was the issue of, of poverty. Uh, you see, when the people would settle into the promised land, and uh, be allocated their land and so on. They all started from scratch. There was no rich, there was no poor. But over time, through life's struggles and difficulties and issues, people would borrow money from others. And uh, that, uh, as we know, can uh, start a a spiralling, the the spiral of debt and and poverty. And so every seven years, debt's cancelled. A fresh start everyone how good is that especially for the borrower but what about for the lender I mean who would be lending money out uh, if that were the case well secondly Moses reminds the lenders that their wealth is actually a gift from God and then in verse 5 if they did this then they would be blessed by God now from a commercial point of view this just doesn't make any sense at all It sounds like a crazy thing to do, but think about it. When a person did this, when a person would obey this command and cancel the debt, what are they saying? Well, they're saying, I trust that God's word is true. I trust that God's way is best. I trust that if only I simply obey God, and do what he wants, then he will look after the rest. The future is safe in God's hands. Um, I mean, it's a concern uh, even in our own day where some Christians say that I cannot afford to not work seven days. I cannot afford to take a day off work. If I take a day off work, if I don't work, then I'll go broke or the the business will collapse or I am indispensable. Uh, I can't go to church on Sunday because I've got to work. What we need to learn is to learn to trust uh, in God's provision, to trust that uh, when we obey God, then he will look after us financially financially. And so every seven years, debts were cancelled. Now, there's something else which happened every seven years. We read about it in verses 12 through to 15. Have a look at that. Um, If a fellow Hebrew, a man or a woman, sells himself to you and serves you six years, in the seventh year you must let him go free. And when you release him, do not send him away empty-handed. Supply him liberally from your flock, your threshing floor and your winepress. Give to him as the Lord your God has blessed you. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and the Lord your God redeemed you and that is why I give you this command today. Sometimes when someone borrowed money and they couldn't pay it back, they would actually become a servant, a bonded servant uh, to the lender. And what this is saying is on every, every seventh year, let your servants go. Grant them their freedom. And why? Because in verse 15, you were once in slavery yourself. You have been released by the Lord God. That's a pretty good fresh start, isn't it? To be released from bondage, to be set free. Uh, But there is more because after every 49 years, that's seven times seven, there was to be a whole year of celebration in the 50th year. Now, just looking around me here, I doubt that there's anyone here who's been married for 50 years. Is there anyone who's been married for 50 years? Aim to be married for at least 50 years if you're married and keep on going past 50 years. That's a great achievement. Uh, 50th wedding anniversary is called the? Jubilee. The Jubilee wedding. You can tell you haven't got to your 50 yet. Let me show you where the uh, word jubilee uh, comes from. Um, It comes from Leviticus chapter 25. Can everyone go to Leviticus chapter 25? Let me read to you verses 8 through to 13. That's on page 89 in your Bibles. Uh, Leviticus chapter 25 verse 8 Count off seven Sabbaths of sevens, seven times seven years so that the seven Sabbaths of years amount to a period of 49 years then have the trumpet sounded everywhere on the tenth day of the seventh month on the day of atonement sound the trumpet throughout your land consecrate the fiftieth year And proclaim liberty throughout the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you. Each one of you is to return to his family property and each to his own clan. The 50th year shall be a jubilee for you. Do not sow and do not reap what grows of itself or harvest the untended vines. For it is a jubilee and is to be holy for you. Eat only what is taken directly from the fields. In the year of Jubilee, everyone is to return to his own property. And so uh, on the 50th year, there was a whole stack of things that were to take place. Uh, the, the land was to be, uh, to be left alone for a whole year and uh, the regular things of the seven uh, debts cancelled, uh, servants to be set free and so on. And uh, everyone was to return to his own land, that is land that had been sold off between then and the previous jubilee was to it was like pressing the reset button on life. Everything went back to what it had been. And notice what day all of this happened on. In verse nine it is to happen it happened on the day. Of atonement. Now, the word jubilee is an interesting word. Apparently, it derives its name from the, um, uh, the horn of a ram. And uh, I guess they'd use a horn of the ram as a trumpet. Uh, and they would blast this trumpet on the day of atonement during the year of jubilee. And that's really a key to understanding how this is all relevant for us today. Because uh, on the Day of Atonement, there was a scapegoat. You know what a scapegoat is, by the way? How do we, when we talk about a scapegoat, what do we mean by a scapegoat? Uh, anyone want to offer a suggestion? What, what's a scapegoat? What, do you... so, what was that, Andrew? To blame. Somebody to blame. Okay, yeah, so, and it, is the person who's blamed, are they usually the, the guilty person or an innocent person? And what's the, they're the innocent person, and what's the purpose of blaming the innocent person? So, that. so the guilty person gets away with it. So you got the idea, that's a scapegoat, isn't it? Everyone agree on that? That, that where the innocent is blamed for the guilt of somebody else. That's, that's a scapegoat in in our, uh, in our language, in our culture. And this is where the idea comes from, because on the Day of Atonement, the, the, the high priest would offer uh, sacrifices of animals at an altar, but then he would take a goat and uh, he would lay his hands on the goat and in so doing he would symbolically be placing the sins of the people upon the goat as if the goat was guilty of sin. And then he would set the the goat free into the desert. That's a scapegoat. Now, what is all of this saying? It's saying that when the sacrifice is made, and when the sins of the people are placed on another, then the Jubilee begins. Debts are cancelled. Servants are set free. And land is returned so that everyone could enjoy the inheritance that God had given them. It's a fresh start, it's a new beginning, it's pressing the reset button on life and it only happens after the sin of the people has been dealt with. Now what about us? What would a fresh start mean for you and for me? Well earlier on uh, Jacob read to us from Luke chapter 4, And uh, in that passage, Jesus was in the synagogue one day, and I understand it was the custom that in the synagogue, if there was a visiting uh, teacher, uh, then the teacher would be invited to come up to the front, and he would uh, read a passage from the scripture, and he would then give an exposition. He would preach a sermon from the passage that was read. And on that day, Jesus was there in the Sabbath. And he was invited to speak and he stood up and he read from Isaiah chapter 61. He read, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. That was the reading. And then he preached an eight-word sermon. How would you like that, an eight-word sermon? He says, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. That was it. What's he saying? Jesus was declaring that the scripture, including uh, the, uh, the year of the Lord's favour, the jubilee, is fulfilled in Him. Now what sort of uh, debts do you have outstanding at the moment? Apparently Australians kind of uh, hit the record in terms of having credit card debt. Uh, We're pretty used to using our credit cards. Uh, Have you got a big credit card debt at the moment post-Christmas? What about a mortgage? Still paying off the mortgage? Have you taken a car loan recently? You might have all of your debts paid off, but there is a debt which we all have, a debt which none of us has the ability to pay off. And that is the debt that we owe to God, the debt of our sin. Now, we probably don't have too many slaves here today, although sometimes you might feel like you're a slave. But the Bible teaches that without Christ, every one of us is in bondage. We are all in bondage to sin and we are heading towards the wrath of God. Uh, you might think that Port Macquarie is a great place to come to for a holiday, an even better place to live. But God has a far better place, a far better land for those who trust in him. You see, our fresh start in life, our jubilee, is found in Jesus. Because just like that scapegoat on the Day of Atonement, as Christ died for our sins on the altar of the cross, he bore our sins, uh, your sins and mine, upon himself. He was the scapegoat. And he's done that so that no matter what's happened in your life, no matter how you have sinned, no matter what you've done that you regret, no matter who you have hurt, no no matter what your attitude towards God has been, if you trust in the death of Jesus as your scapegoat, then God does what you do not deserve. He cancels the debt that we owe to him. He frees us from the bondage to sin and he gives us the promise of our heavenly land. That's a fresh start in life, isn't it? That's a great way of pressing the reset button. It's no wonder that the, that the term Jubilee turns into the emotion of jubilation, of rejoicing, of just being incredibly grateful, incredibly thankful to God for what he's done. And so um, today we celebrate a new year and a new year always means a fresh start. Uh, if you're a school kid here, it uh, means that you'll be uh, uh, advancing one year at school, most likely. Uh, some people change jobs, start a new job in the new year. There's a lot of people who move into Port Macquarie at the beginning of the new year. There's people who move out of Port Macquarie at the beginning of a new year as well because it's a fresh start. What about the fresh start that god is offering us what about the fresh start that god is offering you i wonder if you need a fresh start are you burdened by the guilt of your sin then why not make 2012 your year of jubilee and you can do that by simply turning to jesus and trusting that by his death he can cancel the debt of your sin. He can lift the burden and set you free. I I know of some folk for whom the year 2011 was their year of Jubilee. I know of uh, one or two dear friends who uh, in the last 12 months have uh, put their trust in Christ and have experienced incredible joy, the jubilation of being forgiven of their sins and that's great. Many of us, most of us here I guess uh, will be people who have been living in the year of Jubilee for a good number of years now. And so I guess that for us, uh, we, this is a good time at the beginning of the year to stop and to remember the fresh start that God has given us. Because uh, I don't know if you're into New Year's resolutions or not, but here's one that we can all be making. And that is that uh, in in, in the year 2012, as we reflect on God's goodness to us, that uh, we ought to be reflecting on how we can be living that out and evidencing that in our relationships with others. So, for example, I wonder if there is someone uh, who has sinned against you. I wonder if there's someone who you have uh, uh, a grudge against. I wonder if there's a relationship which is out of sorts. And maybe the person actually wants to be in a right relationship with you. So is it time now maybe to think about those relationships and to think about cancelling the debt, uh, of releasing the person and of uh, re-establishing relationships, re-establishing fellowship uh, with others. Because Christ has done that for us. God has cancelled our debt, released us from the bondage that we had and has given us the hope of the heavenly land. Let's pray, shall we? Gracious Father God, we thank you for your incredible grace. We thank you, Father God, for that we can be jubilant, uh, that uh, you have cancelled the debt, you have set us free from bondage, and that you've given us the hope of our heavenly land. Father, we pray for those who do not know that uh, jubilation, that uh, you would help them to put their trust in you and to experience what you offer. And We pray for those of us who... Have been living in the year of Jubilee for a long time. We pray that we would express that same grace and mercy towards others. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.